0: Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Oh,
1: oh, Ten backward R- With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Ten Backward, a Star Trek podcast based here in the UK featuring myself, Will Turland. Hello, (laughs) this lady to the right of me, Gemma Turland. Hello. Uh, A man over the internet, Rick Palmer. Hello. And another man over the internet, Rick Everson. Hello. Today we're going to be discussing our favourite Voyager episodes and this is the second part of a two-part podcast. Um, If you haven't heard the first part yet, go, go back and listen to that. Um, if you did already listen to it, well, well done. Uh, please continue listening to this part. We're going to go right on with um, Rick Everson's choice.
2: OK, so I've sort of cheated a little bit and I picked two episodes, but it's OK because they are a two-parter, so it is one story. Um, I've, picked, it, it? I've picked Equinox part one and two. Um, and there is a bunch of reasons I love Equinox. It's a flipping... Amazing two-parter, I was so happy um, One of my pet loves with Voyager Is whenever they get any sort of contact with Starfleet um, And so it, the, the premise of this episode Is they encounter another Starfleet ship Lost in the Delta Quadrant, Pulled through by the Caretaker um, And so, um, and that's the Equinox Hence the title of the episode um, And what the Equinox represents Which is really, really nicely done is a what if? What if Voyager had had a rougher time? What if they hadn't been able to um, make the journey as well as they have? What if their resources ran short? What if they became desperate? How 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 low would they stoop? You know, one of the overriding themes of Voyager was that they were going to journey back as a Starfleet crew by Starfleet rules, Starfleet principles. And what happens when the situation is so desperate? Do you keep to those principles? And and Equinox is an example of where they haven't. So it's a really exciting story. And it's also one of those things I love in Star Trek that Deep Space Nine does so well is to say, yes, we've achieved utopian and paradise in the Federation, but how do we maintain it? Not everybody subscribes to it. Not everybody can live up to these ideals. So how do we constantly be guard against those people who who would seek to undermine it, as in Section 31 and the Marquee and all the examples they saw DS9, this is Voyage's effort. This is when we see a Starfleet crew go rogue when they abandon those principles. Um, so, in summary, uh, Equinox makes contact with an alien race um, and then finds out that by murdering those aliens, they can put their bodies into an enhanced warp drive and get home quicker. Uh, so they start doing that because they're desperate.
1: Another enhanced warp drive? Yeah, yet another <laughs> enhanced warp drive. <laughs> Wait a minute. And, and, and say, so, I mean, i uh, skipping ahead in the story, but I guess everything works out fine, uh, <laughs> so, as it always does with enhanced warp drives.
2: Uh, well, funnily enough, the, the alien race that they're killing, you know, they're, they're murdering and feeding into their warp drive, takes issue with this uh, and then s- proceeds to attack them quite viciously. Um,
0: hey, hey. Stop it, stop that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> saying. I think they start
2: they start with harsh words, well, probably strongly working better.
0: Can you, please, can you please not do that? Yeah. <laughs> that, was my, that was my grandfather you just, you just put in the warp core, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah,
2: Voyager encounters Equinox when it's very much on its last legs and rescues it by extending the shields. Um, and the Equinox crew promptly betray them, steal their shield generator... And bugger off, leaving, leaving Voyager at the mercy of these creatures. Also, kidnapping Seven and uh, Voyager's EMH at the same time. Uh, and there's a very dramatic cliffhanger where Janeway appears to have been got by one of the attacking creatures. Um, and it is, it's its a very... Ex- I think the first part is kind of like a quite an exciting action adventure. And you kind of wonder what's going on with the Equinox crew. And ultimately they have this awesome turn and run in they get off voyager and um get back to their ship and leave voyager for dead um and then the second part becomes much more of a janeway personal journey like how far is she gonna go to yeah. take ransom down and that's where it gets really meaty because um kate mulgrew is so flipping good playing janeway and this is such a push on janeway just like She's, she's come up against her, as, as I say, it's like, what if it had been her there for the grace of God goes voyager kind of situation? And she's so furious with Captain Ransom, she's so angry at his cavalier disdain for life, um, in using it, that she kind of loses a little bit of reason around it. Um, and then we have, whereas Jacote's always been really good in that sort of balance with Janeway when she's sort of contemplating difficult actions. Here they, they openly butt heads over this to the point that she actually has to relieve him of duty briefly. And it's oh, yeah, just such yeah. a good story. I watched it again this week
1: just for this episode, and I was like, just love it so much. I love the uh, Janeway, Shakote scenes in um, part two, actually. I think they're, they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. They're some of the best uh, Janeway and Shakote um, uh, arguments that mm-hmm. we have. I, lo- I love the scene where. Where um there Janeway's gonna gonna torture um uh Noah. Yes, yeah, that's it. And Shikoto's like, well, we're, not, we're not really doing this, are we? Yeah. And Janeway's like, Yeah, 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 yeah you better yeah. believe we It's like it's it's almost it's it's a moment where you you almost feel like they've pushed that character too far. Like I almost feel like would Janeway do that? But she does do it, and uh, and and Chicote totally calls her on it, and it's yeah, it's, it's just great drama, isn't it? You
2: almost killed that man today.
1: It was a calculated risk, and I took it.
0: It was a bad call. I'll note your objection in my log. I don't give a damn about your log. This isn't
2: about rules and regulations. It's about right and wrong, and I'm warning you. I won't let you cross that line really? again. I always think it's a strong scene in Scorpion when Chicote um, and Janeway kind of don't really agree on how to proceed with the borg and they sort of took that and ran with it for this one in a really really good way
0: yeah it's also great to have um a character called rudy rudy ransom
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> i was thinking about this
0: today and i think rudy ransom would be a great name for a wrestler yeah <laughs> and and his finishing I, I, to the extent where i thought Nice finishing move could be the the ransom note. <laughs> he delivers the ransom note and wins WrestleMania forty five. <laughs> and defeats the Undertaker. I don't know. Shit also,
2: about
0: also but that's funny. Also, the the only other TV character called Rudy I could think of was um, Ru- Rudy Hooks in the Co- in the Cosby Show, and I just made I just made me think of. Um, of, of like Cliff Hookstable going, Ru- Rudin, what, what? You shouldn't steal from your, from the other spaceship, you Z <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, because because uh, yeah, he would often berate Rudy, his daughter Rudy, for, for not doing her homework or or um, or not doing the, not doing the dishes. Like do the dishes, Rudy, and like you know, and and so on. And it it made me think of that too. <laughs>
1: I was wondering how like a, Cosby, like a Bill Cosby impression was going to find its way into this episode, but uh, my question has been answered. <laughs>
0: finally, <laughs> I finally done it. How long have we been doing this podcast?
1: <laughs>
0: I've got <laughs> since, <laughs> it
2: since before Bill Cosby was disgraced. So exactly, exactly <laughs> it took this <us> long.
0: <laughs> I see, I've worked on I worked on my Bill Cosby impression before all the you know all the all the revelations came out about about him, and I thought, well, I put, I put put quite a bit of effort into this I don't want to just shelve it
1: <laughs> <So I'll> wait, <laughs> wait hey, the, yeah. to what to about that podcast? <laughs> <laughs> <The> perfect avenue <laughs> there,
2: was, um, there was a really good moment early on when you see the equinox under attack, this is right at the beginning I think, so before Voyager's on the scene um, and they established that if they drop the shields for foot back 45 seconds, the shield grid can completely recharge can, re- um, but obviously in that time the aliens can attack <laughs> um, <and> so <laughs> Captain Ransom gives the most overly unnecessary dramatic command to, and he, he literally stands up and he says, drop shields! <laughs> 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 I'm just like, you could have just said, drop the shields Drop! Uh, <laughs> I kind of feel like the actor's going to be getting a little bit over into it at that point but the rest of his performance is, is spot on he's really good that's just a really jarring moment
1: for me so. <laughs> it um i i think it's good that you chose this episode rick because it is a great example of uh it's another really good janeway episode mm. uh, Janeway's one of the big strengths of voyager actually i think yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah, like she's a great she's just a great character yeah i don't know if she's always a great starfleet officer no
3: she's not always a good a good person she doesn't always Hmm. make the right choices she is flawed she is driven she is um blinkered yeah and she's a fantastic character
1: yeah and like you know, and a, a great, a great captain, mm. a great leader in that respect. But like someone who's, yeah. that's, but she's so on the edge. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, just, it makes I a mean, really yeah, interesting.
3: Yeah, she to is watch a great a leader, director. but yeah, I kind of trusted to make. I don't know.
1: Yeah, she doesn't make she's necessarily
2: a, this. She doesn't make. She takes risks. She does. Yeah. I um I recently rewatched watched um and I was just so. I know a lot of people get quite into the whole dilemma of whether to let Tuvix live or kill him to save Tuvok and Neelix kind of thing. But I was just blown away by Kate Mulberry's acting because the range of conflicts on Janeway's face and reactions through that episode is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, and On the subject of Janeway and the decision that, you know, having to make a hard decision like that. Um, mm-hmm. I feel maybe in Equinox, she doesn't have to make a hard decision. She's very set on the, her decision. Um, and, you know, quite easily you could have issue with with her, her decision and her determination to see it through. But there is a beautiful moment right at the end where she talks with Chakotay and she realises she'd gone too far. She says to him... You may have had good reason to stage a little mutiny of your own. The thought had occurred to me. She has this really pained reaction, I think, because she's gone so far. That Chakotay might have actually considered Chakotay considered to mutiny against her. Mm. I think that's as much yeah. of like shit. I really crossed the line this time. If Chakotay was gonna was gonna uh, think about mutinying, I've gone too far. Yeah. And it's just so she's oh. As we were saying earlier about how we, I, we appreciate Voyager more and more. I think particularly I I appreciate um, Kate Mulgrew's performance as Janeway more and more as I rewatch and time goes on.
0: Yeah, definitely. yeah. I mean, do you think? One thing I would say about this episode is that um, the Equinox crew aren't very. I didn't find myself sympathising with them very much. No, I, under, I understood their situation, but but I, and I, I made me wonder if not. I mean, I, I love this episode. I think it's great, but I did think, well, what if they'd gone with a different angle and maybe not? I mean, I I feel like. Perhaps, the, um, if it wasn't a Star Trek show, there might be the potential to introduce another ship, just introduce another ship, and not have it be a two-parter. Perhaps, mm-hmm. um, but you know, this is Voyager. This isn't Voyager and Equinox. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, but you know, and other shows like, like Battlestar had a, had some great episodes where another another Battlestar turns up, and there's conflict between the two crews, and and it, it made me think of that. Would a could, would, if you, if, if there was something about this episode, was, is there anything that you would change in terms of, of what happens? If you could,
2: um, I mean, it's, I think if it was done today, you'd have like several episodes, it'd be a massive arc, yeah. Um, I think by those standards, it was the, the, the whole purpose was, it was the, um, th- this is what. Voyager could have ended up being you know Mm. they've had maybe an easier time Um, and this is this is what happens when people get really beaten down on when they're really struggling when they're you know every day is a fight for survival Uh, I do agree that there's very little chance to sympathise with the Equinox crew I think they had the engineer lady her name escapes me at the moment Um, and I think she's supposed to be the sympathetic one but I kind of. Meh. As Chicote points out, you yeah. could have stopped at any time, why didn't you? And I kind of like, yeah, if even Chicote's got no sympathy with you, then I haven't, to be honest. Because Chicote's yeah. kind of. He's, he's, he's the guy who's going to see good in everyone. And he's, you can tell even he's pissed with it. So, <laughs> but what, what, I, what I regret, I think, from this is that there's no follow on, because you see five Equinox crewmen at the end. That Janeway gives a dressing down to, and says, "You, you're, you're going to be just crewmen. You are going to be the lowest rung of the ladder now on Voyager. Um,
0: so much so, you'll never be seen." Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I would have loved to have seen a follow-up. Yeah,
2: because yeah. th- those a those five guys have got to live with that stigma for, for, mm. for potentially forever. You know, is, and are they going to become this insular little group that no one else on Voyager would ever talk to? Are they actually going to get? be able to regain some trust are they going to be able to do something that sort of ingratiates them with the voyage crew generally i'd love to have seen a follow-up and so sort of what happens with these guys can they make amends there's a, there was a yeah there's kind of a redemption arc there what begging to happen and was never followed up on uh, yeah yeah no that would have been good mm. yeah um, really nice to see I mean, I, I kind of understand that the, the two-part itself was was quite packed, so it's very difficult to give characters that much scope to build and become sympathetic in a way or really present their case in a way you could be sympathetic too.
0: Um, there was one... So, sorry for interrupting, no, There was one thing about this episode that, that I was a bit curious about. So... Um, the crew of the Equinox—they have a, a device which is a simit. basically like a, it's almost like a holodeck, but it, but it kind of uses your brain. Like it mm. beams something. It, it, yeah. And and I, I didn't mind that, but I, I didn't really feel like it. What the point of it was? Other than there's a scene where he's, where Rudy is um <laughs> sorry Rudy sorry, I'm, <laughs> I won't keep going back to that voice um rudy is um he's got a like a beach scene and and seven turns up in it and i I just thought i was it was interesting that they they had they had they they had that plot element my
2: feeling on that is that ransom is a man who knows what he's doing is wrong and Mm. that device was his escape that's his trying to distance himself from the reality. So he goes down to reality, makes those hard choices about survival that don't sit well with his moral compass. And then when he's not having to do that, he he escapes, uses that device to just go to his idyllic little beach. And I think torturing Seven was that one step too far that even though he did it, subconsciously, he couldn't escape it. And that's why he started, I think, his own mind pushed Seven into that.
0: I think, yeah, I think
2: that's that's, I, that's how I interpreted it. I think,
0: no, I, I like that. Also, early on when they first meet, he asks Janeway how many times they've broken the prime directive. I'd like to ask you
1: something, captain to captain. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The prime directive. How often have you broken it for the sake of protecting your crew? Broken it?
0: Never. Mm. There, are, there, are, there are times when... The way that he talks, it's almost like he's trying to encourage them to realize that they yeah. have broken the Prime Directive. He's sounding her out. It's almost like he's, it's almost like he's trying to give them subconsciously give them clues as mm. that they've been doing bad stuff. I don't well, know. I...
2: Yeah, maybe. I kind of, I kind of took it as like he's sounding her out. If she said, "Well, do you know what?" There's been a couple of times when it's been like, it's been the Prime Directive for us, and I've had to say, <sighs> "Fuck it," and it's like, oh, "Yeah." And she didn't say that, so he withdrew yeah. from being able to trust her with their terrible secret, but you might other that maybe jibes with my thinking um about that device, so yeah, maybe it is a kind of a he's trying to subconsciously give her clues he wants to be discovered and shut down
0: yeah because of, because eventually he does he he, he kind of has a he, you know he has a death which is a, a, somewhat heroic he mm. he he kind of he realises that his mistakes and tries to save people, and at least dies trying to do good. Yeah, and his no, in um, his his um, first officer is sort of the, the, the main villain of the yes, of the, um, yeah. of the of the episodes.
2: Yeah, and you kind of wonder how much of, how much of Ransom's decisions were sort of pushed by uh, by Burke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jump, obsessed with the jumper, Burke. Where's my jumper? <laughs> so, where's my sweater? Uh, I, that's what your first thing he says to Banana Tower is like, but you've still got my, my jumper, the, that, that blue one.
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> no, it's about, like, what the fucking odds? I mean, what are the fucking odds? The two of them would both end up stranded in the Delta Quadrant. No, it was his fucking jumper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Finally.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really, really love the, um, the battle sequences as well. Um, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's always fun. Since Star Trek 2 see see Starfleet ships fight each other is one of those, you know, it's, it, it's not part of the, the high ideals of Star Trek and the, the cerebral storytelling. It's good old space battles and explosions, and I think there's always a place for that, and it is fun. So, yeah,
1: it's, I'd agree it's with good that. stuff.
2: And I love. There's a brilliant bit where um, um, Harry reports uh, we've we've damaged their nacelle. It's like you've blown their nacelle to shit, Harry. It has exploded. There's no nacelle left. <laughs> yeah, we've damaged it. It's such a ridiculous understatement. No wonder he's still an ensign. <laughs>
0: um, just thinking. Uh, 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 Neelix isn't in these episodes, is he? He doesn't have a lot to do in this. No. Is he? Is he even in it?
2: yes he sat he sat he sat in Chicote's seat when they first approached equinox
0: Uh, okay
2: oh and he's he's on one of the search parties because when they beam over to equinox the rescue parties um him and another person i'm not sure who find a guy who literally goes crazy and starts shooting people of
0: course yeah 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 of of course like he um, yes um, space madness. Mm. Well, he, um, he's just terrified of those aliens that they've been murdering. I suppose. But...
2: Yeah. I mean, in fairness, <laughs> I would be a bit twitchy if I'd had months of that being attacked. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, is anyone ready to to move on to the the final? No, choice? no, I have more to say on Equinox. Oh. Um, I, I I really like the
2: very on the nose symbolism of the. Um, dedication plaques for the ships they find the equinox one on the floor and then at the end of part two they find the voyager one just fall on the floor and it's it's exaggerated symbolism that when the captain has lost its way the ship's dedication plaque apparently falls down (laughs) yeah so um,
3: yeah it's very subtle of the ship to do that yeah, <laughs> you'd, you'd yeah. Use a bit more of a direct yeah.
2: it's a little, it's a little known feature they built into the, the vessels, <laughs> but it's it's good and effective.
1: Um, I've got to admit that the symbolism was slightly lost on me because my first thought was, "Oh, that'd be a cool thing to have." <laughs> <laughs> Where can I get one of those? I know
2: they are they are really cool. Um, the guys who do all those beautiful um, starship models do them. Oh, man. At last year's destination star trek um me and Nile there they're quite late and their store was giving stuff away in a trivia contest so i got an, i got one for the enterprise a oh Ooh. nice yeah oh, it, it is stunning
0: as well. uh, but if it falls up have you put it up on a wall <laughs> happens if, it's it, just if just it falls place. off it means you're doing a well, I, I, know, I don't know. I don't know what it means. Yeah, yeah sure. you're bad, but you're, it means you're bad in some. In some. Yeah.
2: I should hang it up so I can keep an eye on. It. If it falls down, I've lost morally, lost my way. Uh-uh. Um, and the other thing, the other, I promise, this is the last thing now. Um, the 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 two AMHs, I thought was really really nicely done.
1: Um, yeah. Oh yeah, the yeah the evil, evil AMH. AMH.
2: Yeah. And oh my god, our um, AMH with his. Um, with his ethical subroutines removed is so creepy. Mm. Doing the singing as yeah. he operates on seven is really, really horrific. It's like he's literally controlling her to sing that stuff with him Mm-mm. so they can yeah. do it as yeah. he basically mutilates her.
0: Oh. They do that in surgery though. I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but they do they do, <laughs> do that in brain surgery, don't they? There was a story recently, there was a, yeah. a, a a violinist. There was a violinist who had a brain maybe had a brain tumour. Yeah, and, the, and they got play her play to play the violin while they were operating on her, so they they knew that they weren't kind of cutting the, the wrong bits. Wrong bits. Ah.
1: Yeah, yeah. there um, But style. I'm not saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I but those doctors
0: are nice. That, that's yeah. a nice thing. That's a nice way of interacting with music and <laughs> not evil. Um, but it just made me think of that.
2: I did. I also note that um, when he's transferred back to Voyager. I'm assuming his ethical subroutines are instantly restored with the transfer back. But he then straight up murders his uh his Equinox counterpart by deleting him. And considering how he bangs on about holographic rights and, you know, that holograms can be sent to him and stuff, I thought that was pretty fucking cold.
3: Mm, yeah. But he was wasn't he not doing the greater good though? You but he, he could, couldn't he
1: have put him in a, like a virtual prison or something. He could have said he could have just said deactivate.
2: He said delete What Mm. what, Mm. Yeah He's just in the EMH is just in the the recycle
3: bin How could one EMH Deactivate another EMH He's running
2: on the (laughs) same ship Early on in Voyager They gave these Voyager EMH um, The ability to Set his own commands For activation and everything So you assume that he has Control over holographic um, activation, deactivation in his sick bay, whereas mm-hmm. the Equinox EMH probably does not have that. Yeah. So That's- when our EMH has that command set, of command program commands mm-hmm. built into his program, he can delete that guy, or he could have just deactivated him, and you know restored him later with 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 ethical subroutines put back in and let him grow as a new new hologram as a second doctor but no, he just straight up murdered him.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty
2: dark.
3: <laughs> it is a bit. Yeah.
2: I mean, when you get into like season seven and that two parter with the, um, erosion holograms and everything. And you look back at that, you think shit. I just, I just want to put it out there that I think the image, you know, he flits between hologram, hologram, rights and murders. And, and delete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> delete. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so I, I promised I'd finish banging on about Equinox. So um, unless anyone else has any Equinox points, we can move on.
1: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, my episode choice uh, for for a truly great episode of Voyager is um, <clears throat> the season two classic. Um, deadlock. Mm-hmm. Um, very exciting. Uh, it might be, I think, the most exciting mm-hmm. episode of Voyager ever made. Oh, it's, it's thrilling. You're putting it um, out there. Bold, it's a bold claim, there,
3: sir.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just about to back it up with some opinions. <laughs> 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 um, it's an, it's interesting. All of our choices um, have similarities, actually, because this is another episode where there is a like an alternate voyager hmm. effectively um that that is created um and it's another episode where one of the problems is the the warp reactor
3: yes um
1: that's the that's the bane of their lives in this episode <laughs> so the the crux of the story is that voyager to escape the vidians um who who have detector then they move into like a like a funky cloud mm-hmm. and the funky cloud somehow creates a, a quantum duplicate <laughs> of Voyager so mm-hmm. all of the regular matter is duplicated but not the antimatter so the problem they have is that the, the antimatter in the engines has to be shared between the two Voyagers which exist in the same space and time which is cool <laughs> um, <clears throat> but confusing and and um, uh, yeah, so the one of the voyagers starts to... They they start to try and boost the engine by doing these sort of photonic bursts, mm. but that's damaging the other voyager. But the way the episode plays out is you don't... We're a good sort of 15 minutes in, I'd say, 15, maybe... I think it, I think it was 17 minutes, I'm, I clocked it, wow. before we go across to the other voyager. And the, the opening mm. part of this episode is just a relentless... Um, sort of action movie like a disaster movie
3: hmm.
1: um and you've got like a first of all um um uh naomi wildman is born mm-hmm. uh and then dies yeah horrifically uh, because of the the problems that are going on in the ship mm-hmm. um and like some complications basically that yeah. they weren't able to fix with technology and then um Harry Kim uh, gets gets blasted out into space. Yeah, it's like, geez, we're not we're not even ten minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Two people are dead. Um, the ship's half destroyed, and it's like, uh, it's just it's just relentless. I love the like the relentless pace of that opening. There's, there's, I, there's nothing like it in Voyager. No, yeah, you know? that's true. Because
0: in most, there'll be episodes where a ship is damaged, but it'll
1: it'll end. But keeps—it just keeps getting more and more destroyed. Yeah, there's there's even a moment where they come up with an idea to try and, to try and stabilize the warp core or sort of fend off these photonic bursts, and they have a moment of respite, and then it doesn't work, and mm-hmm. then the, the bursts start coming back, and everything starts exploding again, and they have to evacuate the bridge. you're just like, geez, void is a wreck within the first ten minutes. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, then you cross over into the other Voyager, and you get the um, the second kind of great thing about this episode, where you get a. Uh, I mean, we talked about what a great character Janeway is. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of this episode focuses around Janeway and the two different versions of her. You get a lot of Janeway on Janeway action <laughs> um, via some shaky... Not good. Not the
0: not the, not the kind that you can find on the internet. Well, I
3: know, but there are moments they are they are standing very close.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's just they had not quite nailed the, <laughs> the split screen effect, and they are standing weirdly close. One bit, But it never crosses into yeah some of the some of the some of the things that you'd see online. Indeed. Um, are we are we still doing that running joke about me writing Star
0: Trek erotica? <laughs> I thought can I can I can, I can lean into that again if we if you want to, if you yeah. Want to. Yeah, Rick, running joke. <laughs> yeah, As in, yeah, uh, you're, yeah you're you wish friend. it was a running joke. Hey, man, you're, you're my top. You 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 pay the most on Patreon. I, I was. I mean, that's why I keep going.
2: It's it's good content. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my imaginary friend Nile, <laughs> top readers.
0: Our um, imaginary friend Niall. We've know. all met. We've all we've all met him in our minds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I saw a few uh, one and two star reviews on some of my stories, actually, Rick. So when you say it's great content, but where's the uh, where's the recognition? I said Rick puts out great content. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <laughs> solid burn. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, but yeah, so there's there's some great some great stuff in this episode where. Um, Janeway, one of the ships is heavily damaged. The other ship is um, basically fine because they got to do the photonic bursts first. And the two Janeways have to debate what the hell they're going to do. And they come up with various ideas and they try and merge the voyages back together. Uh, That fails. And in the end, they both realise that they've both come up with the same idea and that one of them has to self-destruct the ship. Mm. And the, the Janeway um on the ship that's that's heavily damaged is going to be the one who's going to blow it up mm. um and it's a cool it's a cool like the, the only difference between these two characters is basically about like 45 minutes worth of experience um where they've differed and yet it's a really interesting idea that they they uh, they very much act like two different characters mm. At this point, even though they're they're the same person,
2: but they still know what each other's thinking. I find it interesting that generally, generally, they don't really seem to like each other.
1: No, they don't. No, which is
2: but also, like say, um, the, the 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 undamaged Voyager Janeway knows exactly what the other Janeways saying. She says, "Why don't you go back to your ship and run run this new type of scan?" She goes, "Well, that you, you're just saying that because so I'll go back and you'll blow your ship up." And the other change what shit somehow
1: she knew what i would think <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're going to self-destruct your ship what makes you say that because that's what i would do if your voyager were intact and my voyager were crippled my crew wounded or dead i'd sacrifice my ship so that yours could survive and i'm glad we agree go back to your ship i didn't say i agree i said i understand the whole the whole kind of quantum duplication thing <laughs> when i first saw this episode this this blew my mind but i and i kind of i thought there was something in it because they say they say they say
3: it baffled they, you with pseudoscience they
1: baffled yeah they yeah. did well they talk about um it's a kent state university experiment
2: yeah they actually they quote were, a real university so it kind of yeah. makes you think oh this must be legit
1: that's it, in which quantum theorists duplicated a single particle of matter using a divergence of subspace fields uh, called a spatial decision. Um, and the theorists failed when they, when, when they tried to duplicate antimatter. It's just something I just remembered from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember um, I, was, I was going out with a girl whose d- uh, dad was a, um, uh, less of, like a physics lecturer at the time. And I was so like taken with this idea Um, I talked to her about it and I was like, Ask your dad if this is a real thing, this Kent State University experiment. Did they really do that? And, um, and you know, is there any like this whole thing about the idea of like a spatial scission? And could that be a real thing? I was so excited about it and came back. I got in touch with her a few days later and she's like, I spoke to my dad about it. He said it was bollocks, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, absolute bollocks. No, that couldn't happen, (laughs) but he knows. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Had he been to Kent State University? Had he just been to Kent? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because he went to Kent and got a, got a, got got like a ferry over to France, picked up some cheap beer and wine. That doesn't
0: qualify him to
2: say this is bollocks. You're absolutely
3: right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. No. That's that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I. Think just- it's not.
0: You know. I don't want this boy going out with my daughter. I'm going to I'm going to pop the balloon of their relationship with by 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 urinating on the boy on the bonfire of his imagination.
3: <laughs> he will be so disappointed. He will never speak to my dad and child again.
0: Yeah, maybe just
2: kill it. <laughs> Do you know if my child came back and said, "Dad, I've got this new partner," and they've asked if this this scenario in this Star Trek episode is correct? I would be fucking saying, "Right, you get married now." um, I think, I think, I think the real villain of this story is this partner, this this ex's dad.
1: I think you're absolutely right. Just
3: because he's saying what you don't want to hear, (laughs) it doesn't make him a bad man.
1: (laughs) I I, I beg to differ, Gemma.
2: I think that is exactly what it makes him.
1: I I was having a look on the memory alpha about the episode, and uh, it turns out that the reference to Kent State University in this episode was like an in-joke, because Brandon uh, Brandon Bragg had studied um, theatre arts and filmmaking there. So there is no such such Mm -hmm. science. (laughs) Wait wait a second. So the
2: writer of the episode actually went to Kent State University, unlike your ex's dad, he just went to Kent as we established, in my mind.
1: Yeah, I, I still think the episode is winning. I, do you know, I, I feel like, even though I know you're wrong, <laughs> I think you're
2: <laughs> the power of persuasion? I'm on my third beer. I'm fairly convinced I'm correct in all things.
1: Uh, um, but, yeah, at the... Another great thing about this episode is the um, like everything. Everything in this episode is great, mm. but you kind of think the logical way to end this episode is that, um, yeah, the Janeway who owns the busted up ship mm. blows up her ship. Um, the nice, the nice, nice ship, happy. Yeah, the shiny ship carries on. The end of the, the everything's tied up. Everything's fine, but then the Vedeans attack, mm. and it and they end up boarding the shiny perfectly fine voyager mm. and so the janeway on that ship telephones the other janeway and she's like hang on a minute things have changed uh we'll self-destruct our ship yeah. uh, and just to make things tie up a little bit neater we'll send over harry kim with the surviving uh baby naomi wildman and um everything will mm, be fine. fine and uh yeah they blow up voyager destroy the absolutely
3: brilliant scene. Yeah, it yeah. is great. Yeah. It's
0: an absolute it's an absolute fuck you to the videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the bridge,
1: motherfuckers! <laughs> I'm Captain Catherine Janeway. Welcome to the bridge. Commander! <laughs>
0: It's good to have the Vidians as villains again because um, yeah. the season two was the the Kazon were a big part of season two, and I was never a huge fan of the Kazon. I thought they were pretty weak, whereas mm-hmm. the Vidians are terrifying. Yeah,
1: and
0: I, I wonder. I, I I wonder if maybe the writers thought that the Vidians were too scary and too too yeah. sort of like a horror villain, basically, and that's why they didn't. Because it felt like there was a point where the Vidians were going to be the main villain of a voyage, early voyager, and it never quite panned out that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the idea of a species that sort of harvests organs is, yeah, like you say, it's too close to a horror story. Mm-hmm. I thought they were a great, a great villain, and that, that's another thing I love about this episode, that the villains show up. Yeah. Um, I thought they were really cool. Kind of, there's something really... um Sinister about how like matter of fact they are when they when they got onto the ship and they're just like this this is this one's healthy yeah yeah
3: and that's yeah that's the terrifying I mean they are they are kin to the Borg in that respect that's what makes that's yeah they're you know they're driven by different things but they are that matter of fact about the horrendous terrifying things that they do yeah
1: yeah Mm.
0: yeah they just they they they. Their condition has is, is destroyed their, well, the, the Vidian version of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> v- yeah, the <de-in-it-i-> <laughs> not <laughs> Yeah.
3: Aren't there, I mean, we're going a bit off topic though. Aren't, I, I, I seem to remember an episode where you encounter at least... One Videan they say they try to cure her as a female oh
0: Danara Pell yeah, she's nice, yeah. the doctor's, the doctor's yeah. girlfriend yeah she's she's yeah. she's she's a, she's a nice Videan, yeah um, um, so they I mean, I'm not saying all Videans are horrible, it's just that most of the ones that we meet in Voyager mm-hmm. are are kind of hell bent on harvesting organs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which can yeah. put you off a
1: person. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we
1: can. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, going, going, back, to, going back to Deadlock, um, yeah, in summary, um, it's got a cool uh, quantum physics sci fi idea, even though my ex's dad uh, poo pooed it. Um, it's got two Janeways. Uh, the ship self destructs at the end. Mm-hmm. Harry Kim dies. Yeah. Um,
3: Wait, A,
1: a oh. baby dies. I don't know why I'm <laughs> mentioning that as a plus point. Um, do but it's okay in the end um it's it's very exciting um there's loads of action there's loads of really cool ideas in it it's Mm -hmm. just just super great
0: i guess the only thing is that voyager is all right isn't is kind of okay afterwards the the, yeah the the, the, the voyager that is massively
1: damaged is is seems to be all right that's yeah, by the next episode, yeah, um, everything's all shiny and new again, and they, they never, they never mention, mention it again, yeah.
3: And, like, there's there's this huge uh, um, and was it Sheen Ensign that Naomi Wildman's mum,
0: yeah. yeah, Samantha,
3: she, Samantha, she her child died, her mm. child that she gave birth to died and then somebody presented her with her child
1: yeah
3: but it's not the one that she gave birth to said hey baby's still alive (laughs) so there's always going to be that element of okay this is my baby but also my baby that i gave birth to died
1: yeah
3: and that's and that's why you never see her again (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say that's why neelix raises her (laughs) (laughs) That is messed up. That's and also, interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: And also, there's this there's at, the, at the very end of the episode where Harry Kim says, "Oh, I'm a bit. Oh, it's all just a little bit awkward because you know you're all you, but uh, yeah, this, is voyager, this is my Voyager, but voyager, it's not, but it's my, not voyager. my Voyager. Ooh, a little bit awkward." and
1: and it. Who, who's he talking to Jamie, talked, Jamie. she's like ah, pff, don't worry yeah, about it weird is just part of the job <laughs> shut up <laughs> never mention this again Harry this isn't really my ship and you're not really my captain and yet you are and there's no difference
2: but I know there's a difference or is there it's all a little
1: weird Mr. Kim we're Starfleet officers
0: weird is part of the
1: job that's the only again it's it's such a great episode that felt like there should have been a follow-up there should have been repercussions Mm. to what happened at least like start the next episode and they're repairing voyager yeah but but no we don't see anything like that oh the magical instantly repaired voyager thing
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and they make yeah. a big thing
2: through the whole episode of just how fucked up this voyage of this version of voyager is um yeah <laughs> and it's never mentioned oh, yeah. again in terms of follow-up though there is um there's something on star trek online the um, the multi the, the the online game and oh, they have a mission so you know you know the episode sorry. ashes to ashes with Lindsay ballard Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's she she died um, They launched a body into space And then this alien race basically Harvests bodies and reanimates Them to, to join their race The Kabali They found um, And Lindsay spearheaded it, she found The floating body of Harry from this episode uh, And reanimated him And so you, <laughs> you team up with Captain Harry Kim Of the Voyager who got home um, In trying to take down this crazed Harry who's been reanimated by the Kabbali. It's a really bizarre
1: mission. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that sounds really fun.
2: It is, it is quite fun. It's, it's a bit weird and it requires a fair in-depth knowledge <laughs> of Voyager. But uh, it is, yeah. It's, yeah, it's good. It, it's the nearest we've got to a follow-up.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did read on um, Memory Alpha that there's a Star Trek novel where yeah. Harry Kim and Naomi Wellman are able to, because they come from a slightly different universe, they were able to detect uh, like some alien presence which no one else is able to detect. Mm. I don't don't think it's a massive part of the story, but it's like, but it's at least a reference back to this Mm. episode and an acknowledgement that they technically, from this point on, from season, you know, midway through season two, that those two characters are from a different universe. Mm. Uh, you know, kind of,
3: <clears throat>
1: kind of, yeah. But I, I think it's a cool, um, as well. Like, this is a really, <clears throat> this is quite an early on, truly great episode of Voyager. I think s- season two of Voyager probably isn't anywhere near the strongest season. Um, but it's great that it had some absolute brilliant episodes early on. Mm.
3: I've got
2: a great memory from this one because, um, when this. Well, the first time I saw this was at um, a local Star Trek club that I went to, um, and the organiser got videos sent over, taped off um, TV in America, and mailed over to the UK. And he um, he, he normally sort of comes up and says, oh, we've got this episode of Voyager. Um, He didn't normally say too much about it, but this time it was really weird because the guy running the club dropped a major spoiler before he started the episode. by saying, it's so bizarre, because, like, you know Harry Kim... He's like the Chekhov of Voyager. I can't, I, I just so love this episode. I can't believe it. It, it dies in the first few minutes. And we're right, like, flipping it, Ken. Uh-huh. What have you that spoiler for? Ken, <laughs> it totally sucked us in because we see Harry get sucked out into space. And it's like, shit, Harry Kim has died. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it totally fooled you, you know. That's classic Ken, isn't it? <laughs> it is classic <laughs> Ken.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs>
0: Uh, cool uh, <laughs> never plan a surprise party with ken it's was, yeah. t- t- it was a t- b- <laughs> t- t- blabber mouth uh,
2: but um yeah ever since that time i was just like this episode's been one of my top three it's been a, it's an amazing episode so
1: yeah yeah i love it it's it's one of those episodes of star trek where I mean, I, like when I thought about how we were, I was going to rewatch this one, I was like, oh, amazing. I'm going re- to watch Deadlock, even though I could watch that any time. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I've seen it loads of times as well. Yeah. But still I get a little spark of excitement. So, oh, I can watch this one. Yeah, <laughs> Favourites.
2: And that's, that's, I think that's the great thing about doing an episode like this is I felt the same thing about Equinox. Well, oh, an excuse to watch equinox why do i need an excuse i'm a grown man you know i'm in my 40s i can watch fucking telly <laughs> <laughs> but just just to think oh i'm gonna watch equinox again i love it and likewise deadlock is so good and um of course oblivion and timeless all
1: amazing episodes yeah uh, yeah
2: it's it's an absolute joy to rewatch them
1: even though yeah crazy. i really enjoyed all of these um yeah, I had a great time rewatching every one of these episodes.
0: Mm. Are there any were there any honourable mentions for other episodes that you were thinking of choosing, or were you pretty set in what you wanted to talk about?
1: I I really like um, Blink of an Eye. Yeah, one where you kind of see yeah. a, a whole kind of a whole planet's kind of history mm. in in just one episode. Mm-hmm. I think that's great, but I think. I think that one. I guess it's 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 a great sci-fi story, but it's not necessarily all about the Voyager crew. No. as yeah, such. Why I went for Deadlock, but it's, um, I do love it.
2: it's on Snaptrack. Very recently, they did an episode where they talk about Blink of an Eye. It's totally worth listening to uh, Ross and Jen mm. talk about that because they love it, um, and it's a great episode. Yeah. Um, I, I nearly went for a bit of an out-of-left-field choice and wanted to choose Innocence, where Tuvok is stranded on a moon with three children. Oh, yeah. Um, like. I, I, I don't know if that might fall more into the category of guilty pleasure episodes, because it's not a particularly popular one, but I just adore it. I think it's a great Tuvok episode. Um, it's a really good episode of Tuvok in a, in a bizarre situation where he has to deal with these three emotional children. Um. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a nice sci-fi twist at the end with Innocence that, in fact, they're not children; they're old, and it's a race that ages backwards. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm old. old. Yeah. <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs>
0: it just makes me think of um, of that bit in Friends where Joey's trying to do oh, act as an old person. And he just <laughs> he just does that mime of stroking like stroking a long beard and going, "I'm I'm old." <laughs> <laughs> in, in fairness,
2: that's pretty much what I do a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too, man. That's what, and that's what um, Bashir and Dax do in that episode where Jake Cisco goes looking for his dad. They're
1: like, "Oh, <laughs> <I> do. That's <laughs> Getting too old to be Anastasia." <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's two episodes of DS Nine actually where um, Alexander Siddig has to do old man Bashir acting, <laughs> and <laughs> he's exceptionally. Brilliant at being a really sort of shaky, dodgery old person, just like I'm old.
0: Since the accident created a subspace link between him and Jake, there'll be a path of red crumbs to follow. Uh, old man yeah. Bashir, that's the show I'd watch. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. on, <Call> Alex Kurtzman, <laughs> that's the next spin off.
1: The irony is, though, Alexander Siddig hasn't aged at all. No, he <laughs> looks better now than he did. <laughs> You know, and it is 20 years later. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that would be good, actually. Like, old man Bashir, but where he kind of reconnects maybe with O'Brien and they, they have, like, one last adventure before, you know, oh. whatever. <laughs> That's my pitch. That's my pitch to Netflix. We love
3: it. You know. the dying days.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Beautiful. Um, Rick... Hey, did you have uh, any any other sort of runner-up episodes that you that you might have gone for? Um, well,
0: um, I think I mentioned before the, epi- the episode where um, Chicote and Janeway have to stay behind on the planet. Mm. I should have researched. Oh, I should, I should yeah. have written down the name of that, um, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> and now it's I'm resolutions. Guessing. Yeah, I I really like that episode because I think. Um, those characters have great chemistry and, and the, the, the two stories into, you know, there's two interesting stories. There's, there's Tuvok taking command of Voyager and there's Janeway and Chakotay sort of adapting to life on this planet. Chakotay, he's Chakotay's kind of accepted it. He's accepted that there's probably not going to be a cure. And he want he's kind of, he's kind of made, he's doing sort of things that, Suggest permanence, like he's building a proper house. Like he, he's thinking of ways to make their their living quarters more sort of permanent and nicer. He builds her where a bath. He, he builds her a bathtub. Um, yeah, and well, where, yeah. where she's not, and eventually she comes around to it, I think. Because, um, and then the story on the on Voyager is interesting too. Like Harry, Harry is kind of the voice of the crew, almost in terms of not accepting, not accepting what's happened, and 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 two bucks trying to, you know follow the orders of his captain and his friend but you know deep down I think Tuvok would quite like to help his friend too um and that has a nice resolution as well like it's um, there's some good interplay between um Harry Kim and Tuvok and and it you know it involves a lot of the cast it involves the broader it involves the broader crew as well so there are there's there are scenes where you get extras <laughs> but but you get a larger yeah. sense of the crew not just the main characters um, and I don't know. I just, I just like that episode. It's, it's it's maybe not one that's like like you guys are saying. Maybe not one that's mo- most loved by the fans. It's not it's not a standout episode. But I, I just like it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: no, it's a great episode, and I think we because we touched upon the how great the Chakotay Janeway relationship is. Like from when I talked about Equinox, and refer back to Scorpion. And I think this is great because they can. As a, as a captain and a first officer, they often take opposing stances, like in, in resolutions that Chakotay wants is, is building to stay, where Janeway's mind is always on getting away. You know, he builds her a bathtub, she's following a fucking monkey to find a cure. Yeah. Um, and I think Robert Beltran made a key observation at a, at a convention not long back, where people asked him about the Chicote janeway relationship, and he just shouted, she chose the monkey over me! <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think this is a great indicator because they could be an amazing couple, and a lot of people do ship them hard. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I count myself among them.
0: Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. You know,
2: too. I, I think that's partly why I kind of the Chicote Seven relationship aggravates me. Apart from just coming out of nowhere, um, I there's that little part of me that thinks Nah, Chakotay and Chainway. Um, yeah. But it, it, it works because it feeds in so much to their relationship and their when they conflict over a decision, it doesn't happen a huge amount, but it's so meaningful when it does and it has some amazing scenes between the two of
1: them. Yeah. Did you, Gemma, do you have any um, runner-up episodes that you might have gone for?
3: Well, I, yeah. I mean, I didn't at the time, but uh, I've just been thinking about it. And I do not know the title of the episode, but it's the uh, one where they find the, um, the dinosaur, the evolved dinosaurs...
1: Oh, is it distant origin? Y- ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
3: I love that. I love yeah. the. I love the play between uh, the idea of truth, and um, uh, uh, socially accepted truth, and uh, actual truth, and which one matters the most. And, yeah. yeah.
1: Doctrine. Doctrine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, oh, listeners, you can you can check out. We did a full episode on uh, distant oh, origin, yes, actually. So have a have a look through our back catalogue. Um, and yeah, we we all yeah we all really enjoyed that one when we talked about it, didn't we? We did, yeah. Yeah. So yes, let's not did. talk about it now. No, no. <laughs> and we, <laughs> our and our, yeah. and our front catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can talk about it. Now. I don't, I'm just I don't, I don't, I'm joking. I just thought I'd like to point listeners in the direction of yeah, a more a in-depth nice, discussion. Nice segue. Yeah, it's a good discussion. I mean, I, I, I don't think
2: I was in it. I was off that. That's point. what was. That that's was one the, of the puzzles. That's
3: what I remember <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah.
2: Yeah. if you love episodes that don't have my stupid talking. It's definitely a winner.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah,
1: good time. Uh, I, um, <laughs> I think we should wrap this up because it's it's been quite a long one. It has. Um, but I think in, oh, I just thought of something else I wanted to say. Say it. Say it. And I'm always say the one who's it. like, ah, oh, let's wrap it. this up. And then someone say else it. is like, well, I just have one more thing to say. My like, like, God, like Columbo. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm this. I'm the Columbo of the podcast. <laughs> um, but I thought it was interesting that we we all sort of picked episodes um, that that had a sort of sort of explored a story of, it was like what if voyager what if there was an alternate story for voyager you know what if voyager uh, didn't make it home and crashed on a ice planet or what if there what if there were two voyagers um what if there's a duplicate voyager and they had a sort of a different adventure mm. and then and like i know rick's equinox um choice is, is part of the kind of main story of Voyager but also it's like it is like you said it's a look at what what could have happened the mm. way that Voyager could have gone yeah. um, if they hadn't stuck to their ideals and it feels like we've all gone for very much kind of what if choices mm. um, which I think is interesting that's all I have to say about that <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: kind of interesting I wonder if that's a thing a lot of people is that the more popular aspects of voyager those sort of those peaks into what could have been
1: Mm.
3: Mm.
1: yeah and are they those are the episodes that maybe that we really enjoy most because we're we're voyage big voyager fans i wonder if you were a more casual viewer of star trek that if those episodes would work quite as well
2: well, yeah is it that in-depth knowledge of voyager that makes you kind of like appreciate that level of episode don't know
1: yeah it's
2: difficult to tell because we are quite in-depth fans of star trek so.
1: yeah mm. but there
3: were explosions in some of the episodes so. the, yes yeah
2: Oh whole fucking nacelle blew
1: up harry <laughs> 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 but yeah let's um let's round it up now <laughs> Unless anyone does have anything else they want to say, no. Cool. All right, it's been uh, it's been a really fun chat. Um, yeah. Hope you've enjoyed it, listeners, and uh, we'll be back in the future to talk about more things. I think we'll, we'll talk more about Voyager as it's its twenty mm. fifth anniversary year. I think there'll be some more Voyager based podcasts in the future. I think it's the uh, chain way to go. Oh. oh. Okay, bye.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, I, hope you've, I hope you've had fun and uh, yeah. tune in again for, for some more of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank
2: you. <laughs> yeah. Love, you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Do you realize
1: how incredible this is? I have this tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What? Oh,
3: no! I will say...
1: I will
0: say... Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgent school.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.lowerdecksradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at10backward, 10, 10 being the number, and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loweredextradio.co.uk. On a personal individual level, my Twitter is at Wilt Herland, Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick, Rick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might
2: consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreoncom forward slash Radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us on however you get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative.
1: Thanks again for listening and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward crew.
0: Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward.
1: Laddie. Don't you think you should... Rephrase that. Ten backward. Ten backward. I'm Captain Catherine Janeway. Welcome to the bridge. Commander!